Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yes, we're back. That was a good start, wasn't it? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, wish we well, didn't it? <laughs> I think we should have had a wee intro, do you? Well, it in. No, I mean, like, I'm coming out music and all that and getting everybody going again. What music? How, by the way, how shite is it being early summer with foot football? Brutal. Oh, I've got an oh, Do you feel that? That sums up. Brutal, mate, isn't it? You've been coaching the kids all summers. Do you think that's been shite? <laughs> there you go, there's a guy that's taking money off people. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, do you know? Charging them a fortune. What's he charging them? No, we're not, not at all. But we are right into it. We were right into it. Um, but no, listen, but with foot football, it's absolutely rubbish. Boys, it is, isn't uh, it? But it is back. And Glenn's Vodka, SPL Manager of the Month's back, which means the fans are back as well. And we must say, you have been incredible. Nah, mate, but they're unresponsive, man. What's happened? No, you're under a pause on that, no. Good to see you back. Uh, uh, we missed Dundee United, boy, didn't we? I think we should do a minute silence for him. I've not been this sad since Kev died on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a Dundee fan in tow sporting a mullet. Can we get the camera zoomed in right on that mullet? Tremendous. Like he's winked to the camera. <laughs> Did you wink? <laughs> Love it. We've also got the Hearts fan and he's brought another Hearts fan who will be asking the questions for him. That went down shite as well. Oh, it's, it's, a, a ba- it's a hard crowd. <laughs> Looks like it's going to be a fucking a hard good season, doesn't it? It is a hard gig. <laughs> this is the last year for open goal size. We're back after a great season with the Broomhill, didn't we? Oh, it was a cracking year we had. <laughs> Fuck me. Here, what about, just quickly, quick fire, how's your summer been all good? Good, but I've, I've missed it. I've missed you as well. Uh, we don't, that's, I, mean, I, only talk, I hate that, we don't speak at all, don't we know where the no. summer any of us for? Well, me, Kevin Sidey. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. But, isn't it? I've not spoke to these for a month. Oh. You know, I hate that though. I've like, a, I've had a great month. That's not, I've not really missed you as much. Oh. No, I hate it. I hate seeing when people say, like, at the weekend, they love the weekend. I hate that. Right, side, take it away. We're on to the Celtic fan first, because obviously Ange won manager of the season last year. Um, Callum isn't here. He fucking couldn't get a word in with him, can you? Callum, dearie me. So we've brought Darren in. Uh, the worst fears were realised. Ange Postgoglu went to Tottenham. How disappointed were you that he, he chose to go? You knew it was going to happen, didn't you? Especially when the rumours kind of first started, it's like a big club at Tottenham. But you kind of think when a Celtic manager's linked to a huge top six team like England, you think surely they're just paper talk and nothing's going to come to it, and they'll get like one of the big managers that have like Conte, uh, Conte and Mourinho. I think that's why they kind of took an interest in them because they've gone for managers like Conte and Mourinho who are like defensive-minded managers, kind of more tactical, whereas. And it's just attack, attack, attack. And that's kind of what the Tottenham fans have been missing, especially when they've got players like Son and Harry Kane. They need, they need that kind of attacking mentality and that's why they went for Ange. 
And I think the fan base was obviously gutted that he went, but we knew, we knew it was coming. When you get that much success with Celtic, unfortunately, with the amount of sackings that happen in the leagues of like England, I mean, Ange was linked to a different team in England every month with the amount of sackings that were happening, so by law average, it was bound to happen eventually. Dev, can I just ask you, bring you on this, how much of a buzz did you get when you heard that Andrew's away? Oh, I was absolutely buzzing, <laughs> as you said. Uh, I was obviously very successful and a lot of people have made the jokes. I think i see seen Ali McCoy saying that as well. Um, I'll drive you down the nail myself. Uh, aye, so I was buzzing. Uh, and then Brendan Rodgers came back. But what was your reaction when Brendan was first linked to the job? I honestly didn't think it was going to happen at first. I didn't think he would have came back just the way it ended. But, I mean, what a replacement it is. And, and I think, see, when you see, like, Kyogo signed a new deal, Hattati staying, Carter Vickers, I think Roger's a big part of that. Honestly, I think when they seen Andrew's away, if you maybe brought a manager in that <laughs> wasn't great or whatever, I, I mean, they would be good if I come in at Celtic. But, you know what I mean? You've maybe no heard or whatever. They might have been thinking, you know, we maybe leave. But I think when Rogers comes in, and I've spoke to them, and you spoke about Cal McGregor, Forrest and Tierney, they've all said that Rogers is world-class working with. Mm. And we spoke to Cal, and he said that, I think this was... When Ange, there was talking, and he said if Ange did leave, the one guy he would love back is, That's is Rogers. Here, Callum McGregor's private conversations with. I don't even realise that. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm sure you'll appreciate that. Do you know when I started talking there, I was like, I, I can't keep going with this here. Like <laughs> Do you think Ange, uh, sorry, Rogers will continue Ange's success at Celtic? I think he's the, the ideal man to the, the best fit that was available to continue the the. The, the kind of the way Ange was going because he plays attack-minded football. That's the way he played at the beginning. The first few seasons he was there before he left, and he was in obviously there's no there's no compensation to bring him in. It's just come in here's a job. Obviously, looking at some of the signings they've made, it looks like Celtic would have had a blueprint of players they were planning to get anyway. And Rogers has probably looked and thought, we'll just go with it, and I'll work with them. So. Also great that Danny McGrain's got a job for life again. Hi, Danny McGrain's back <laughs> in. And, uh, but no, for, for, I, I don't know. I just think it's an easy fit. Probably you as a, a bigger Celtic fan than me, no doubt. Uh, what side were you on, Dan? Celtic, there was a few. There was some were happy, some were a bit. But do you think now, a few pre-season games and a few signings, everybody's just warm to the fact that that's Brendan back and we, we go again? I think when the rumours started, Kev, everybody was about 50-50. And then when it became apparent that he, he was going to sign or he did sign... Everybody just started to turn and realise that, as you say, all the candidates like Maresca and the, what's called him, the manager for Norway, mm. uh, Bodo Glimp manager, Bodo I can't remember his name. But Nutsen, is it? Aye, aye. Mm-hmm. But you have to think, evaluate all the candidates and take emotion and what he'd done a couple, few years ago out of the equation, realise that it has to be the best manager for the job. I just want to get this on record on camera. You text me, didn't you, saying you thought the Green Brigade were out of order? <laughs> nah, fuck. <laughs> oh, I know, James. <laughs> By the way, you may get the old... You might get the old emails back. You used to email him, didn't you? I've emailed him already. And he didn't reply? You know, and, and I don't know if I should have done it. I asked him, and it was stupid. I wrote, P.S., keep me a seat on the flight to Japan. And I fucked it. Do you know what I mean? It's just that wee boy. Yeah. I should have just said welcome back and let him sort of speak, but he's no get back to us. Uh, so that, could be, that could be there. Do you know what I wanted to ask you, mate? Did, are you surprised that Celtic haven't spent Mary yet? Because when Rogers first came in, did he not say that? He, was, he wanted to sort of spend Mary sort of to compete in, in Europe. We actually spoke about it after the Wolves game on the channel and we're quite surprised that, and I mean, we've made a, a lot of signings, we're not a lot, about four or five maybe, but yeah. they all seem like development players, like players you want to bring in, limited game time, develop them up and then maybe sell them on in the future, but I think the fans are hoping for, since Jot has left, 
and up for a lot of money. Fans are hoping for that marquee signing. But wh- why though? Because any marquee signing in the past three years hasn't really worked, has it? Bianca Barcastle at five, six million, Shane Duffy, big signing for English Premier League. The ones that have worked are the guys that come in for 1.3 million attaches, who maybe at the time you think are no first team players, but they obviously come in and, and prove that they're, they're more than capable of doing that. Well, I think the recruitment at Celtic's obviously changed a lot. I know Ange is away, but Mark Lowell's still there, and he's played a part in bringing all the players in that we've got the new. Yeah. So, I mean, we just things obviously can change. We've got money now for the Champions League, win the league, selling Jota, etc. And like you say, there is that risk that you can spend five million out of and get a Barcas, a Yeti, whatever. But with proper recruitment, you can, if you spend wisely, you'll get a player. And I think we need that for getting into the Champions League. We got a bargain for the Japanese players at Hitachi and all that, but. I think if you're going in Europe, you need, don't say you need a big name. Celtic can't afford a big household name that everybody in Scottish football know, but for at least a big league in Europe. Like we've got that boy for Poland, uh, Legia Warsaw, that's a big club for four million. He's the kind of player that you want. Maybe get three or four of them for each position apart, and you're probably looking strong for a, for a European place. All right, have you got a question for the panel? Well, my question was kind of about Celtic buying a big money player. So, um, with Angels obviously doing a lot of spending just now they've just got the, the Brazilian guy do you think that Celtic should get another striker or do you think that we owe his backup and Kyogo is the main man up front do you think that'll be enough do you know I think he's going to play Maida up front yeah. I think because you see at Leicester now I don't know if Kyogo and Maida work together because I think the two would look to get in behind he plays with a 4 2 3 one, doesn't he could there be a place where Kyogo plays 10 and Maida plays up through the middle but at Leicester, sometimes he, he, I mean, his last year not didn't go well, but I think he went to a 3 5 2 and, and actually and Vardy played up front a lot. So I don't know if maybe away from home, like maybe in Europe, he maybe go to the two. Um, but I don't know if Kyogo and Maida, you can see the two sort of, they're quite similar as in looking to get in behind. No, no one really comes to feet, do they? Do they have the squad for a 3 5 2 as it stands in as well? I wouldn't really say they've got as much centre half for that. I know they've obviously, Carter Vickers, the new Polish boy they just brought in, Starfelt. Out with that, scales looks as if he's going to go back to Aberdeen. I don't really think they've got the numbers mm. for that. I'd be surprised. Kyogo's off the back of a, what was it, 30 goal season? Yeah. I mean, to move him out of position when Mieda had a successful season out wide as well, it would be a, a bit of a surprise to me. But I think the signings they've done looks like smart business, to be honest. I think the Asian market's something they've dipped into over the last two or three windows and it's been successful for 90% of them that have came in. Uh, you know, the Polish boys, similar background to obviously Juranovic coming in who then has a great 18 months in sales on for a profit as well. I took a lot of stick last year for saying that I thought Celtic would buy a goalie. And I said at the time, it wasn't because I'm saying I think Joe Hart's a poor goalie. I just think age profile, the type of football that Ange and Brendan Rodgers likes to play, I thought that would be an area that would maybe go in and try and strengthen. Doesn't it seem as if that's the case? I know they were linked with the boy Levakovic for, for uh, Dinamo. Whether that's somewhere that... Out at the end of the, the transfer window, they try and spend it. I'm not too sure, but that new, was the area I thought. He's a new goalkeeper, 100%. I think so, Dan. Uh, he's making too many mistakes, man. He's a good shot stopper, but he can't play with the ball at his feet. That's why Pep got rid of him. Mm. Well, that, that, that was the main reason, because like I said, he, he, he had the most clean sheets in the league last year, uh, conceded the least goals, obviously. So he's not had a poor season by any means, but I just thought more the transition of how. And at the time, obviously, wanted to adapt to style all the time, and then he wants to take it into Europe. How are they going to improve? I thought that was going to be the area. But I think Joe Hart, even if he was number two, the type of character is he's still going to be a massive part in the dressing room. Dressing room yeah. So uh, I think that'll be interesting for now over the next sort of month or so, because I wouldn't be surprised to see Celtic be linked with a couple of goals. I think uh, uh, Rogers uses his goalie a lot more than what Ange did as well. 
for my Aye. memory for the first time Ray Rogers was at Celtic there was a lot of time the ball would end up back at the goalkeeper whereas Andrews made about playing forward quicker wasn't it so I, I think you could think be the, right in a goalkeeper I, I think the goalie situation is a difficult one at Celtic because how often do Celtic actually use a goalie's feet in a Premier League match maybe a wee bit more so in Europe but in a Premier League Celtic probably have you see 75-85% possession against most teams where in that does the goalie come in? I think in Europe it's so important. In Europe, we're top teams about, are going to come in pressure. You need a goalie that can play. No, but we're potentially goal. talking about six games. Look at the goalie. At best, at no best. At worst. When they cost a goal, do you know what I mean? That's yeah. you can't have keep on making mistakes like that level. I do believe. That, I do believe a, a better goalie would be would be good for Celtic, but I don't think it's a. I would rather have another striker. Would you care that? Well, as much as I like Kyogo scoring thirty odd goals. Do I think if Kyogo was to get injured or something was to happen to him, do I think O can come in and score 30 goals? I don't, I don't think so. Do I think if you put Mader up front, if it was like, like you said earlier, do I think Mader is comfortable enough? Put, like he scored a few goals, but for me sometimes I think he's a bit... Erratic. Erratic, aye. Good word. Thanks, mate. Get Scott Bain back between the sticks. <laughs> That's what I would say. He just well, signed a new every, contract. Every club's got their own remit. Every club... And every fan here knows what their club's progression is likely going to be this year's. And Celtics, I imagine, is going to be Europe, isn't it? Yeah. They're going to want to make an imprint this year on Europe. They've, they've ran closer that last couple of years. They got a lot of praise last year for their performances. Results didn't quite match it. I think a big thing that Brendan Rodgers is going to get judged on this year is how they perform in Europe. So if you're talking about you know, the goalie with the body's feet might be judged a bit more and needed a bit more in Europe, then that's probably where, where they're needed to strengthen the roof for, isn't it? Brilliant, mate. But we're going to now move on to Rangers. Div, one of my closest mates, you know that? He's our tie, isn't he? Yeah, really we go way back, didn't we? Uh, where was it again, mate? First mate. Loudon, wasn't it? <laughs> 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 now, Div, can Rangers topple Celtic this season and win the league? Of course. Of course they can. Um, of course, it's a, it's a, it's been a big rebuild when you look at the amount of players that Rangers have brought in and a lot of key players going out as well. Um, it is a big rebuild and... Will they gel? I think on paper it looks really good. The signings that we have brought in and boy Danilo just in, I think there'll be pressure on him to hit the ground running um, with the sort of the rumoured wage packet that he's on and such. Um, and also the boy Lamar's that's come in, uh, he's really impressed me in pre season. But again, I think I think too many people make too much out of pre season because last season Rangers looked really good in pre season. The boy Matondo was really good in the West Ham game, I remember. And then when we went into the, the season, we didn't look we didn't look very good. So this season, uh, obviously so far in the preseason, we've no look, it's no looked amazing. But you're hearing that the preseason has been really difficult as opposed to last season. People were saying it was more technical or whatever. It wasn't as intense. So they've been going into the games with heavy legs and such. Um, so you can't read too much into the preseason. But what I would say is I hope that it does gel because on paper it looks like good recruitment so far. What um, players have stood out in pre-season? I know the results haven't been great, but is there any, any of the new signings stood out? It would be Lamar's for me. Um, he's been kind of floating about. He's He's been the left to the right and the middle. And he's surprised me as well. He's, he's quite a tall player, but he looks very technical. Left-footed. He reminds me a wee bit of Hadji, but with a wee bit more pace. Um, so he's the one that's definitely stood out. He scored a goal against Hoffenheim there in the, the, the last game as well. And, but the biggest thing for me that I've seen so far in the preseason, I know that we've not looked amazing, but it does look like the players that are are moving with intensity. They are they're really they are really pushing themselves. And, and last year, I mean, we Morelos looked like he was towing a caravan and, and such. So 
seen that I desire. I on the caravan. Exactly. <laughs> Old caravan, huh? Seeing that desire, seeing that passion is, is definitely a positive for... for I've had that at home pre-season. No start at all because of the intensity of training. Oh, I definitely. And then you, when you get in the season, you're absolutely flying. Right. So I, that's a good point. Aye. There has been a bit of overreaction towards the performances and results, isn't there? Especially um, the left-back area. i seen on Twitter the other night people going off their nut, wasn't there? Yeah, aye. Um, obviously, Ridvan never had a, a good game there, but towards the tail end of last season, he was good. Uh, that would probably be a wee bit of concern, but mm-hmm. again, I think people read too much into pre-season for me. Um, and as I say, last season, the rumours were it was more technical in pre-season with Gio. Um, and I think that showed in the season as well, because I don't think we're fit enough. I mean, look at the Ajax game. They absolutely battled us in the Champions League, but they ran more than us. You'd think it'd be the opposite. So I'm hoping um, come the Kilmarnock game, we'll be flying. But a full week's rest and we'll, we'll soon see how they get on. I like you'll, you'll have to you'll have to obviously Rangers the signings you've had and the expectations again there's always the expectations but more so because of what's happening at the other side of the city and with the first old firm game being so quick Rangers really need to hit the ground running because if they don't and say they lose that first old firm there's going to be a huge pressure would that be fair to say or unfair because obviously you can't be losing. Like, you know what I mean? It's it, usually most old firm games. You've got about five or six games at the season, possibly more. And then there's a the first old firm game, and it's like, right, okay, mm-hmm. we're warmed up. Where this Rangers really need to hit the ground running. They have got Kamarnik first, and then um, Levy. No, as if that. What well, I, I was going to say that I, I think it's imperative that Rangers, after the first round of fixtures, are top of the league because, no disrespect to other clubs, but you're looking at. The hardest fixtures you'll for them are going to get is probably Tynecastle, Easter Road, Petodi, you would say. Yeah. And Rangers have got all three of their teams at home in the first round. Celtic are playing them all away. The first all for them games at Ibrox. So I think it, you've got to be top of the league after the first round. Uh, I know there's no guarantees in that. You look, they've made eight signings already. I think a big positive is they've got them in early because I think six of them have had the full pre-season under Michael Beale. So I think when you've got that many signings, it is, I know it, fans don't want to hear it but there is a sort of gelling period and you've you been there when it comes to new styles new training new, new different methods and it's going to take time but they've got that added benefit that they have got them in early I still do think they're a couple short I, I think a left back's imperative for at the start of the season and I think as much as I think the, the profiles of the centre-halves are good you know John Shooter's obviously had his injury issues Leon Bargain's 35 we know he's came in as, as cover because obviously Leon King so I think another centre-half as well so I still think a couple more to come but I think a big priority is outgoings I still think they need to get rid of sort of five six bodies that are probably not going to play any games so I think you'll still see quite a fair bit of movement right, Question Have you got a question for the panel? My question would be how do you envisage Rangers playing this season in terms of style do you think it'll be more attacking do you think it'll be more possession based and such because looking at last season it was quite hard to tell um, but obviously now he's had a full pre-season he's got all his signing it looks like he's got all his, all his top targets so far how would you envisage seeing Rangers uh, that's a great question actually that's a great question because I went I seen Rangers a couple yes. of times last year and I thought that I didn't really get a clear identity of what Michael Beale wanted to, how, how he wanted his team to play they're going to play it for the back they're going to be in the front foot I think you're a good person to mm. answer this as you know Michael Beale I think that a big difference you'll probably see is the sort of intensity factor. So I think the counter-pressing out of possession. I think Rangers and Celtic are always going to be possession-based teams in domestic football. I think you'll only really tell what their style is when they do play in Europe and they're playing against teams that are of similar ilk, similar quality. So I think they'll be, of course they're going to be attacking domestically, but I think out of possession is going to be a big difference. I think you can see for the sort of profile of signings already, 
they're not going to have any wingers in the squad. Everyone they've signed has been sort of a striker. Or they've got obviously two midfielders coming in, a centre half, and leaving looks as if Sakala, Scott Wright. So is it going to be that sort of narrow 4 3 3 that Jay used over the last couple of years? Uh-huh. Is it going to be a diamond that they used a couple of times towards the end of the season? Uh, and I certainly hope it's not a diamond for Rangers. Well, will, he be the type of manag- will he be the type of manager like Ange Andy who will have a system and stick to it or will he be quite adaptable based no, on the I think his style will be consistent. I don't think the shape will be. And I think you've seen that last year and I think you'll see it again. Even in the pre-season games, they've played a diamond, they've played 4 3 they played a three at the back for about 15 minutes against Newcastle. So already they're sort of tinkering with different sort of shapes, but I don't think that will change in terms of style. I think the style will, will stay consistent. Do you not think that's a bit dangerous having new, new white players? I do. I, I think especially in Europe. Uh-huh. So I think especially when you're... You do need to adapt a wee bit more and you do say you're playing like a Liverpool again in the Champions League and your biggest chance against Liverpool probably is in the counter-attack and transitions which you see teams in the Premier League do. I think with wingers, with sort of pace in the wider areas, I think that's Hard. nine teams out of ten when you're going to hurt teams in Europe. But to be fair, under Gerrard, the narrow final. 4-3-3 was the sort of the way they used uh, that style when they obviously go at the group stage two-year running. So, so. Yeah. What type of strikers Danilo in terms of how does he play? Like, is he one of these guys that's going to you're slipping balls in through gaps, or I, I like everyone probably only seen like a sort of YouTube compilation, which is always what you see when it comes to, to new signings. And <coughs> it seems as if he's a he's a sort of penalty box striker. To be honest, he's uh, you know he never started many games for for uh, Feyenoord last year and still managed to score fourteen goals. So it's obviously quite a good return. But I think another thing you look at the, the sort of profile of the signings is they're all a lot younger. So they've got a lot already a lot of players that were thirty and above, and you know most of these are sort of early twenties, mid twenties. But they're all about six foot three. Mm. It's like it's a, a big team, big stature. I set up a players that are coming in. So uh, I don't know. It'll be very interesting. I I, I don't. I'm not going to say that Rangers is going to win the league or Celtic's going to win the league, but I think it'll be the tightest title race. Title race we've be had in the last few years. It? I don't think there's any doubt. What about outgoing? Who do you expect to go at Rangers? I think Kamara, Scott Wright, potentially yeah. Sakala is going to go. Fashion never travelled to Germany, and people were saying that's that's him or whatever. But I think it's a good point you make in terms of pace. I think that is somewhere we were lacking, and they're all quite tall guys and such. So I'm not sure on the fashion leaving. Um, I would prefer to get rid of Matondo, but if there's an offer on the table there for fashion and he hasn't his cup of tea, then it does make sense for him to move on. But I would be the same as you. I, I would like somebody with a wee bit of pace, but I've not seen much of Danilo, whether he's got that or not. We'll need to wait and see. When was, it, when was there the last time there was a title race? Because when Rangers stopped at 10, that wasn't it either. Mm. No. It's been a long time, and it's no healthy for the league, that. I don't, Paul, good point. Hey, buddies. Done your I, th- I think it'll be tight this year. Do you? Aye. Right to the wire? It has to be tight. It has to be tight. Because if it's not, I don't will so. probably fucking see. Do you know? Oh, I, th- I don't think so. But you ain't sold it run away with it. I do. Sorry, Duff. Oh, wait. Right in the fuse there. I'm sorry, mate. I do. What, what's that? What is that based on? Just the quality. Of I think Simon on your on squad, the quality of their manager. See, Rangers have got eight new players that are a bit. Ag- see on your point there, Simon. A bit obviously the league. I think the teams in the past, like your Hibs, your Hearts, your Aberdeens, I think they've been poor and normally. You would see the likes of maybe take some points off the old firm. For the last lot of years, they haven't because they have been poor. But I think Aberdeen will be stronger this year. I think they could be difficult games at Pedodre, where sometimes they aren't. I think Hearts will be stronger. I think Hibs need to be stronger. 
So you're, I think both the old farm teams are hoping that these teams are stronger so they can maybe take points off other than just old farm games, if that makes sense. I think the reoccurring theme in a lot of Rangers' recent seasons is having a dip somewhere in the season and maybe drawing a couple of Aye. games, losing a couple of games. We cannot afford to do that this season. They need to be on it um, for the start of the season to the end if they want to be in this title race. And we'll, we'll soon see. So what are you two doing after this since you're a tight now? I might come back to yours. Aye. <laughs> Aberdeen, Aberdeen hey, the Aberdeen. best fan. Aaron and Andy, I hate doing it to you, mate, but I think Aberdeen are going to finish third. That's pure for you. No, it is. I think that should be good, Andy. A day, a day, but I think Aberdeen, I think they've signed outstanding. At least uh, third. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. There'll be any higher than that, that's for sure. Hmm? Are you right? Based on what, sorry? It's been so good. <laughs> I love that. Beat Charlton. Oh, he beat Charlton. Charlton. <laughs> Don't know if they're good or not. We said on Saturday, if you win, amazing, brilliant, we're winning the lot. If you lose, it's fine, doesn't matter, it's pre-season. So I don't, I don't know what it means. So can I ask you, who, who have you been impressed with? You said the recruitment's been amazing. Who? Nicky Devlin. Unbelievable. He's the ball half in his own net on Saturday. <laughs> he, what, he scored an OG Saturday? Ah? Ah? Aye. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't brilliant. <laughs> Rumours get about in football when I've I've heard through the great the grapevine. Sorry, that the boys' soccer's up there with the best. Have you seen him in preseason? Yeah, so I was in London on Saturday. He was um, it's all right, not as standard. So everyone up here, grapevine's a lot of shit. I'm talking shite. Well, second half was we were three 0 half time, absolutely flying, and second half was just absolutely breaks on. So yeah, he looks good. Um, he scored four on his first appearance. Do you know what? what so, sorry, Aaron. No, he looks all right. Um, Clarkson's the big one, I think. Yeah, what a signing, eh? Mm-hmm. I was surprised. What I was, was surprised that? that he's he's got him in a permanent. I really was. Four years. He was a great signing. Then obviously getting the, the boy Reese William, uh, Williams. Williams, Reese Williams, on loan for Liverpool as well. So, oh, no one's uh, seen him. He's injured. So, I, I think you 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 look at Aberdeen and they've definitely strengthened in, t- in terms of depth, and I think that's what you had to do because obviously. Guaranteed Europe to December. Um, there's going to be a lot of games, so you certainly needed more players, but I think quality is the most important thing. Certainly, looks as if they've done that. I think, though, no, Andy, and I'm surprised none of you have mentioned that quite poor, actually, that Duke Miofsky stayed, which is incredible, really. That's probably the best bit of transfer that they kept him, isn't it? Mm. How do you see their three fitting in? Uh, what is it? Barry Robson plays a 3 5 2. Uh, sorry, Barry Robson. For, uh, Barry Robson, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I've just went against myself. How do, you, how do you fit the... If he's a big signing, obviously, came in. How do you fit the three into two positions? Everyone keeps saying the 3-5-2. Last season, we did a, kind of a back four. I think we had Scales, Pollock, McDonald, McCrory. Yeah. Big thing that I am worried about, people keep saying, because we've signed quite a lot of people, people keep saying, oh, we're fine. The defence is actually massively weak. So, Scales gone. Apparently, Already potentially, gone. looks like coming back. But still, Pollock gone. He's not coming back. McDonald's injured, she'll be back soon, and then we replace McCroy with Devlin. Defence, I don't think, looks brilliant. We'll probably just play the three of them in a rotation where they play kind of 60 minutes over, which is fine. If we're playing Thursday, Sunday, no, yeah. we're not having people playing. Like, Majofsky is good, but he starts to look a bit tired. Duke starts to look a wee bit tired. We'll just play the three of them in a 60-minute kind of rotation, I think. Strikers don't like playing three 60-minute rotations, though, do Shankland I think, did that I, last think year I think they do. Oh, did I, like, yeah, he, I, I you know Duke wears Copas? Has he? Aye, honestly. He's, I, I, he's the only player I've seen wear Copas in the last 15 years. I've got so much respect for him. But, but I, <laughs> he's so good. He was saying he's right, he, keeping him was, was 
was massive and, oh, and Shinny as well getting Shinny back permanent back, so. people kind of said oh what are we going to do you know Dukomayovsky and he kind of said well we're in a pretty decent position financially we've sold really really well and it's all well and good if someone comes on with a big offer but you also do need players and it takes a while to get someone signed you can't sell someone and buy someone within a week so um, Duke will stay Duke's only got two years left I suspect this might be the last season we see of him but Shinny makes a big difference did you find it hard this year so, sorry Ian. did you find it hard this year balancing Europe and, and the league um, no until we get the amount of injuries that we did I think at the start when you've got the squad are 24 23, 24 whatever Aberdeen are going to start the season with, it's fine but then once you get the sort of Five, six, seven injuries, then it sort of takes its toll because then it is the same sort of 12, 13 player, players that are playing three games a week, or whatever it may be. So, Hearts I think a lot of it is a bit of luck, and, and, and that's just a fact. Like, every single club's the exact same. You want that bit of luck where you keep the majority of your squad fit throughout the season. Fingers crossed that every club has that. Uh, but every club's going to try and recruit to the best possible that they can to have plenty of quality plenty of depth so. Aberdeen your favourites for third is it? Aye I would say Aberdeen third and the reason I would say it probably isn't down to the personnel because I think they've got good personnel I, I just really like Barry Robson mm. I don't know what it is I think just from day dot getting the job or getting the, the caretaker role and doing what he did in terms of bringing in the boy Steve Agnew, Agnew from Middlesbrough and, then, and now he's assembled his own team I just think that I think he'll go on Alan Burrow's a big part of it as well. Aye, Alan Burrow's obviously from Absolutely. Motherwell. He done well on the on the the media, no, the, like the the, the the kind of the role he had at Motherwell done really really well. And if you look at Motherwell now, they're probably struggling from that side of things. Whereas Aberdeen, and now I think the content what you see and read about them, I think's a lot far better. Yeah, it's constantly talking. It's to constant communication, yeah. explanations, understanding of why they're yeah. doing things and things are in the community more. Talking about the future plans with the stadium, etc. I think that Aberdeen are in. He, he he just seems to be active. Our League Cup games, the Friday night, which, can I just have a nice Saturday day out? It's Friday night, and obviously normally what would happen is everyone's arguing about why it is, and there's all this drama. Straight away, straight out, there's an event on in Sterling on the Saturday, so we can't play there. We were offered Sunday, but we'd rather play Friday because we're playing in Europe on Thursday, and that's it done. And Aye. the engagement with fans is really good. Just generally, I think everyone's feeling the new strips are very nice. Everyone's just feeling quite... Right. Defence is a bit worrying. See a question to just everyone that because that, that interests me about when games are. See, as fans, is it three o'clock Saturday? Is that what everyone wants? Yeah. Three o'clock Saturday, oh, everybody. Friday night for me, mate. And then Friday, I want a day out. I don't want to go there on a Friday. What am I meant to do all weekend? Is anyone any different? Twelve on a Sunday. Aye. Oh, that's a, a terrible. It's a, a Friday, a Friday, a Friday night for me. Sunday, yeah. Oh, Friday night, I get like a sag off the missus. So. But then what, what do you do <laughs> if you play on a Friday night? What do you do the rest of the two days? Exactly. Recover. Plenty of free time. <laughs> I just. Right, so I come and see you cover right. I've been, to, I went, I've been to some pre-season. I went to um, Lunlithgow Rose Stenny. It's quite good. Pies were excellent. But to be fair, I actually do think that's a valid point that if your team plays on like a Friday night or a Monday night or something, Livy are so good for this. They will put up, we're playing on whatever day, but on Saturday, here's all your local-ish clubs you can go to. Here's what's on. Here's how much. Here's how to get in. It is good because if you are kicking around on a Saturday, there are loads of clubs that would really welcome, you know, an extra one or two people going along. Definitely. Have you got a question for the panel? Who do you think's the first manager to go this season? Oof. Oh, Cut wow. Question. I, think it's I can't answer that. I'm going to answer and I'm going to say um, Steve McLean. Yeah. Do you think, but uh, there's no club that get rid of managers easily, aren't there? 
no, I think if they have a bad start, I think like Davy boy back up there. It's something. I think Davy would would See, walk before being. I th- yeah. I think right. if Liver do, I think if Livingston do badly, they'll give him a chance because they feel like they owe him. I, I do think their fans would give him a bite. <laughs> you give Sailor a chance. Give Sailor a chance. Davy would never get sacked. Uh, no, oh, no chance. Like, categorically, but I think Davy. Some shout for side that one. I said no, get sacked. I said he might leave if he's on a call. If it's a bad start, I think Davy is kind of. Like what you say, if we were to have a, if he thought he wasn't the right man anymore, yeah. walk. I think. What about Lee Johnson? That's a good get it. Oh, aye. that could be one as well. Actually, I know we're going to go into Hibs, but how is the fans with him now? Uh, it's probably sixty forty in favour. I'm going. Is that? Aye. The, the result on Thursday was like a big boot in the boss for him. It's and quite funny though, wasn't it? See, it was funny. <laughs> like like I mean, even as, even as a Hibs fan, you can kind of go. That's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we'll turn, we'll turn them over on uh, Easter Road, right? I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. They, they were an awful team and we were just crap on the night, right? We'll get them Easter Road and turn them over. But Lee Johnson, after instead of just coming out and saying, I'm really sorry, we were crap, he starts going on about altitude. He starts saying like it was the players' fault. They didn't, they didn't follow instruction. Uh, he says something about red arrows. Like, you know, what the fuck are you talking about? And the, the, the fans the, are the all like... The interview where he said there's 10 players I'd get rid of straight away, I thought, sure. Uh, I, I, so, I, so, I like Lee Johnson, which is the, the, the kind of the ironic thing the with, with me slaughtering him here. I like him, I think he's a good manager, although there's like a growing body of evidence to say that he's no, because you get like a League Cup campaign last season was crap. Scottish Cup out the first time I asked in. Hammer for Hearts twice in a row. Fair enough, he, he then went on to beat them again. Uh, six Losing six goals at Parkhead. There's like all these like embarrassing moments right. that he's racking up. So he needs to start the season where we, we didn't play Old Farm or Hearts till October. So I, regardless of what happens on Thursday, if he doesn't get a load of points on the board by then, he could be... The 6-0 Easter Road, I think if we'd won that, Goodwin would have stayed and he would have gone. Yeah, uh, definitely. Well, should we just go on to Hibs? I think so. Um, what we were speaking just before you came in about, I mean, it was a shocking result. It was it was a brutal result. But I don't think, and, and you're big on this as well, Sai, that any any industry that, even if it's gone, <laughs> anybody should be getting abuse like that. I don't know. I understand it's a lot of money to go on that trip. I can see what the fans meant. I could, I could, I'm totally getting what the fans <laughs> <laughs> paid her hard in money, mate. No, well, a, bit, a bit of context here. This was Sweeney's saying exactly what Sai said before the show, and now he's changed the right up on him and just crumbled. Alice, I, I think that you've got every right to um, voice your opinion. Voice your opinion, I and say because that isn't acceptable. Um, but when you're some of the language and all that, I'm no, I'm no bigot. I know that, but be fair, the Italians are big on it, aren't they? See, we, 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 talk, <laughs> we talked about that on the, the podcast about like the Italian ultras and that when they're you right, training, and you have that right. Is there an, an argument to say you didn't accept a, a, a result like that, and so you vent your anger? But at the same time, can you imagine shouting at a bus driver like exactly, that? The bus was like, no, you just sure. can't do that. Like, it's, I think there's a, a line that 
some folk crossed Evan Rovers. See, see on those Hibs fans, are they the diehard ones that travel home and away? They've obviously paid the money. Oh, aye, or is that just a group of Rajas decide, you know what, it's a cheap trip to Andorra. Let's go for it. Well, I didn't think it was cheap, was it? I've seen the oh, prices. Ah, I'm, it's, it's I'm right, presuming you wouldn't have got many tickets, so it must have to be... The hard quite, like, aye, have to get to be, the like, tickets, aye. You've got, we've, like, Tynecastle, for example, because they've absolutely cut the allocation, there's about 400 of us that are in the bracket to get. And so you kind of know who's going to be there all the time. Yeah. You're not going to get people who have never been just turning up to be a nightmare, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, it will be people that went there thinking we're getting through, but we'll go anyway because we'll go to everything. They've spent a lot of money. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I mean, it, it was quite bad. But these results are they're not uncommon in Scottish football, aren't they? No, I Teams that get into Europe early and they need to go and play these games, a lot of them get beaten that way. I mean, certainly got beat for, was it Red Imps? Aye, had Rangers with that progressive unicorn. Kelly, can I remember? Uh, Kelly, Kelly lost well. Connor Quays, wasn't it? Actually, I forget about that. Maltese team or something, was it? Maltese team. Like, it, it happens. Like, I always think, like, the early rounds... It, Oh, you have like all season trying to get into Europe and it's like a race to embarrassment and it? it's like the amount of teams that get mm. in that first game and then you're like oh for fuck's sake we know just to finish sixth yeah. we would have been quite happy coming into the season it was a really bad Motherwell team that got beat away from home one year wasn't there Goggs well, do you remember that up with <laughs> Jim Gannon we were in Albania yeah. Flamitari and I mean we, we get beat 1-0 it was a hot do you know there was half time for half time like 20 minutes they caught a wee break the drinks break yeah. Yeah, it, was that, it was that hot that's quite common it wasn't though, just it? that it was the round before we lost at home to Clinechley uh, 1-0 oh, say that again Gogs. that was brilliant say that again Clinechley oh. <laughs> and then we, ha- we had to beat them 3-0 away from home uh, and then, oh, and then of did. course lost in Flamertari in Albania and then ended up playing Stoya Bucharest in the next round after winning 8-1 at home yes we scored 8 goals 8 goals Paul Slane scored one of them that was a screamer ass I, that I, night, I, wasn't I, it I've seen you do those stupid wee somersaults as well. Be careful now, Gogsy. Anyway, can I say, finally, I've realised where Andy Halliday's got his inspiration for his hair. Oh, his hair's looking <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it? Can zoom in on that? <laughs> there you go, Gogsy, influence him. I'll, I'll pass on commenting. <laughs> right, this is why, though, I think we've got the playoff, obviously, for Europa, we win it in Europa, we lose it in the conference. And I said this morning that it's maybe bad to say, but I don't mind if we end up in the conference because I think... We're more likely to pick up a few results. And is that nah. bad? Is that bad to say? No, nah, I don't think. Like, um, I'd rather win the Conference League than financially. There's no the that much a difference. That's the exact same. You get, you get money thing. for every win as well, so uh, or a draw. So if you go in the, I don't. You, I mean, you you would still rather Europa League because it is a bigger achievement, and it's but. I think financially is the most important thing for Scottish clubs getting in Europe. So it's if you can pick up a couple of wins in the Conference League and it makes up any fee, then. Also, imagine you get all the groups in the conference. Yeah, listen. See, the thing is, you're not going to get you're not going to get easy teams in any of the group stages. No. Even our potential teams to qualify. Aye, mm-hmm. uh, I know. We've probably got the good end of the draw, and we're still having to go to Norway. It was like Rosenberg, Fenerbahce, Bruges, and that's for Europa League qual- uh, Europa Conference qualifier. So it's you're going to get difficult teams. But I was going to say, you, Matty, I think one thing with Lee Johnson. A couple of times in interviews last last season, he did bring up a couple of times about needing players or needing players out. I think now it's his squad. It's got to be his squad. He signed eight already this year. I think what did they finish with ten signings throughout the season last year? So I think he's going into this season with his squad now. So there's not really any excuses. Ah, you're spot on, and it's a total shift in the um, like the policies of last season. It was all like development players that were bringing in. This season they've gone in for established players. Spent a lot of money. I think they've just signed a player of the night. Uh, a big Dutch striker for about eight or nine hundred thousand. Mm. It's just huge money. It's a good house. record, to be fair. Oh. 
It's like 44 goals in the last couple of seasons. Aye, something like that. So um, you and we've got Will Fish back, got Dylan Levitt for Dundee United. Mm. We've got Martin Boyle coming back. I mean, the, the, the squad's looking no bad. So Johnson's really not got very many excuses if he doesn't start well. How long do you think he gets, Lee Johnson, if it isn't a good start? Uh, probably For that October, as you said. Aye. Yeah. See how, cause I, I think if if we go into the, the difficult, like the more difficult games, they're all difficult, but the more difficult games and take a couple of hidings there, there'll be no... No coming back for for that. He's win the return. He's win the home tie surely against aye. this team. Oh, I would aye, think so. Touchwood, obviously. <laughs> if it don't, then he'll be the first. Week. How do you see Hibs season going, Kev? Now that he's mentioned off some of the names that he's signed and players coming back from injury last year, like Boyle missing him, and obviously I think the signing of Levitt is a good. Like I think I think Hibs actually could do all right this year. Um, where do they finish? I think I think probably sixth. Well, that isn't a good season for Hibs, so is oh, it? Oh, it's, it's top six, but they're obviously pushing for third, fourth, third or fourth. Um, but I just feel that Aberdeen will be strong. Hearts normally are strong. And they've always got one up on you. I'm sorry to say that, but it's just, you, you know yourself. And then I just, I don't know, I think I maybe see like Kamarnik and Motherwell sneaking in there. Wow. Kamarnik had the Hibs? Kamarnik's my dark horse this year. I think so. I don't know, I just think Kamarnik... Be very surprised if Kelly finish above Hibs. Think so? Nah, I don't. I don't think they finish above Hibs, but they I think they'll. They're my top six I outside this six, year. I got a question, Matty. Aye, it's about David Marshall. So Marshall had a few mistakes in him last season, and he chucked one in on Thursday. Uh, do you think it's time for Hibs to replace him? Aye. Did they not two goals? So bad. I love Sing two goals, eh? Aye. But he started on Thursday. So we brought in uh, the boy Boric and uh, Wallacott. On Marshall, I th- I, I'm like you. I remember the back end of last season. He did let in a couple of howlers, and you thought, right, okay. But it started that way again. And like David Marshall's been an unbelievable goalkeeper mm. for his whole career. Like I'm not going to take anything away for how good he's been, but he's out of an age that some of us don't get to. But he's maybe retirement might be a thing, or maybe it's just a lapse of concentration that he can fix himself. Do you know what I mean? He probably still believes that he's good enough to be playing for Hibs and at that level and. It's just maybe I don't, I, I don't know, but I think if you're if they've already signed, was it two goalkeepers? Aye. See, for the outside looking in, I think if you're taking somebody off the captaincy, it's because they're not going to play this year. Aye. Aye. Yeah. And then if you've signed two goalkeepers on top of that, chances are one of these boys might end up number one. But but they've signed two goalkeepers and they've still played David Marshall. So what does that tell you about the two goalkeepers? I think it's one. Goalkeepers are a funny position where you didn't you didn't often see managers changing keepers without a reason, and I think because like. The, the career that Marshall's had has probably been given the respect to start this season as the number one with the view that we'll wait till he makes a mistake and then change it and he probably wasn't expecting or Johnson wasn't expecting him to have made that mistake in the first game that we had So see the goalkeepers they have signed have you seen them have they been in action? So Wallacott played on Saturday um, we lost 3 and to uh, Blackpool but we, we put a development team for that game so you, you can't really read too much into that one uh, I've not seen Boric yet I think you'll We'll probably find that one of them will end up number Start one. Yeah. Right. Good. On Only hearts. hearts. Firstly, Andy, how's pre-season been under the wee man? Easy. <laughs> under the wee man. <laughs> Gold dust for the wrestling. That's how he looks like. Enjoyable. That. Generally, really enjoyable. Um, I think a lot's been said about the sort of lack of transfer activity we've had. But I've been surprised with that, Andy, to be honest. Potentially, but I think if you're going into a season and you say that Benny Beningame, Craig Halkett and Craig Gordon and Liam Boyce are new signings, you think, what are some of them had? And they will feel like new signings to us because yeah. they never played at all throughout the end of last season. Uh, so I still think that there's got to be more to come. I think it's already mentioned that two are coming in this week. I think the uh, 
Japanese striker and the Costa Rican winger. So um, I think we'll probably be one of the busier teams for now to the end of the window. But uh, no, it's been good. I've enjoyed it. So. Really a massive loss, mate. It will be because I think he is the what we'll probably know blessed with a lot of pace to our squad. Uh, and he was the one that did make that difference. He was the one that was always trying to pull on the shoulder, running behind. I think he scored 10 goals in the last 17 games of the season. So a brilliant return. But it seems as if these two boys that are com- coming in, that's the sort of their profile. You know, it's direct pace, playing the shoulder, running behind. So I think they've obviously identified that as a, an area we can improve. Is Craig Gordon back in starting? He's he's back light training. So I think um, I still have he's got a sort of... Uh? Back light? <laughs> no. So I think he's still... Um, I think he's still a couple of, couple of months away, I'd imagine, but... Because okay. I think one of the yeah. big things, injury-wise, was Craig Gordon. Xander Clark did not kick on the way I thought he might when he went there. Oh, really? I think so. I thought Xander I was right. good, Xander to be Clark. fair, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I, I'm no I actually think you did no? really no. well when you were in Europe and playing twice I thought Xander Clark was no And when you went out of Europe and didn't have to play twice a week, that's when I actually felt a bit. And I must be... In, Craig Gordon's injury was bad. I think Craig Alcott's going to be a massive uh, a massive bonus because I think I, I think your centre-halves are really good, but I think he is the real out-and-out defender. I think he's like a big old-fashioned aggressive centre-halves and I think last season one of our biggest weaknesses was set-pieces and I think somebody like Halks is, is going to be a big difference with that. The boy Frankie Kent that comes in, he sort of fits he that mould. He's looked really good so far. I, I know he's only been in sort of a week or so but he's looked really good so he'll be a bonus. So it will be a hard decision though for Frankie McAvoy who's going to play Shankland or Boyd or can, I'm going to ask you Kev as a striker, can they two play together? I think you can. Well, those two are very similar, similar, aren't they? Because Boyce likes to come deep, receive the ball, link the play up. Shanklin likes to do that. He's been playing in the ten, Shanklin, didn't he? No. So, and then obviously with losing Janelli, that's your pace up front that gets in behind. So, I don't know. It'd be quite interesting. They're both very good, though. No, they are both very good, and I think they probably could potentially play together. What you're losing though is that threat in behind with a bit of pace, or do you? Maybe come for the side stuff. That was the case last season. They did start as kind of a two. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 
Aye. supporting Shankland. Um, and we've still got Barry Mackay to come back into the equation. And mm. Liam Boyce brings on Barry Mackay's game. No ends, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, well, it's good that you're on, Ad, because you want to change at your club. Uh, how do you feel about the new-look setup? I, I, again, Andy's probably hit the nail on the head, whereby it's been a lack of transfer activity. I think the fans just need to calm down a wee bit, to be honest. I don't think it's as bad as most make out. And I know that that's rich... <laughs> not overreact from me, but I do think everybody just needs to just see what happens. I mean, boys are getting written off before they've even kicked a ball. The likes of Frankie Kent, the Aussie centre mid, supposedly both very good in the game against Leeds. So I, I, I think we'll be fine. I really do. I don't. I don't see where most of the negativity and the worry comes from. See, see on Hearts, do do they after last preseason? I remember them signing loads of bodies, and then they had loads of injuries. Do Hearts need to get rid of a few first before? They can bring in some incoming because I, I, I feel Andrew Beatty tells they must have a big squad. Yeah, he's one of the uh, ones that's trying to get rid of. One or two, no, in no right now. We're, we're quite light just now because there is still a couple of injuries. But light in but terms of you've lost Janelli. Who else have you lost? No, Michael Smith's a big Nody. loss in terms in of what he's in the club, but again, didn't really play. And Nathaniel Atkinson, for me, still a bit suspect. I'd like to see a right back, definitely. Seven left, seven left in the summer, but four of them. Never really, never really played. Aye. Uh, and then there was loans, but it's Hill the way back to... Hill and... Uh, but they were part of the seven. Right. what I mean. So, it's, uh, so I think right now we look light because there still is boys to come back for injuries, but you know, the likes of Barry McKay is probably a, a couple of weeks away, max, and then obviously there's going to be another couple in this week. So I think in terms of the size of the squad, they'll be fine. See, if, if you ask everyone last season, they'd have, they'd have said Hearts' squad, what a squad they've got quality-wise, depth-wise... You've only lost seven. We've already brought in three. There's going to be an R2 this week. So in terms of numbers, it's not really going to be any different. No. Uh, what have you made of the interviews? Especially that one that was on Sky as a, fan, a Hearts fan. Uh, what do I make of it? It's just it's just a loophole, isn't it? Mm. That's, that's the bottom line, I think. In my personal opinion, it is Stephen Naismith's team. It is just a really bizarre situation. Um, and even, even sort of the way that Hearts announced it, the wording of it and the statement, it just... Was a bit iffy. Is this someone they should have looked at before they appointed got rid of Robbie Nielsen and appointed Stephen Naismith as manager? Potentially, but then who else was out there? Mm. So do you think Stephen Naismith and Frankie Mack have together a step up for Robbie Nielsen and Lee McCulloch team? I think they got more out of the squad toward the end of last season than in the, what, six, seven, eight games previous? Mm. So, potentially, yeah. Adam, have you got a question for the panel? Yes, Erin sort of alluded to earlier on but I want to ask obviously the West Coast media unsurprisingly can't get their heads around the fact that Hearts would want to look after their own and have as many jambos in at Tynecastle as is possible what's your guys stance because to me the only team and I'm sure Matty will agree that should get the entirety of the Roseburn stand is Hibernian and nobody else I, would agree. I, 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 I don't understand the, the, the hilarity around it to be honest if you're a club and you can sell the amount of season tickets that you have then why would you give them up Listen, I don't think I've ever seen Pataudry full. So we're talking about full stadiums wow. then. This is what we're after. <laughs> but so, listen, what, what was it? 15,000 early sales was yeah. the season tickets? I mean, Aberdeen's right? record is 10. So you've got, the, no, got to give them a bit of leeway. No, actually, our record, we've never done 10 for the season. We've done oh, wow. 12 and a half. So you've still got 2,500 to go. Massive. So hopefully that comes on the next guy. They are massive. But there's but more teams than teams. Than Aberdeen. It's a one-team city. See, 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 long as the stadium. I always think see as long as the stadium's for every club is full or as close to Long-ten full capacity as possible. 
then work around dishing it away tickets for there. That, that's my opinion. I think it was it was at St Mirren last year that they had the sort of lockout for old firm fans, yep, they, even though their, sta- their stadium wasn't. I don't I don't really get that because no. I, again it's fans coming to the that game. Was it's more, though, to it's more fair, supporters at the stadium, but I think. Like you said, 15,000 early sales season tickets, then you're not going to give up an away section if you've got fans wanting tickets, are you? Kev? No, I'm, a, I'm on Andy's side. I just think that a club the size of Hearts, 15,000 season tickets, um, why would you give anybody more? There's another waiting list for season tickets or something. 7,000 allegedly. But How many? 7,000 allegedly. But I think that's a fabricated yeah. number. Um, <laughs> just, just a touch. Aye, that's the budgie speaking there, but... Um, <laughs> No, for me, I think I'm on that. I, I, I get why Rangers and Celtic are doing it. That's more just bitterness between each other and stupidity. But for me, I think Hearts are entitled to do it because, like you say, I don't think every away allocation ever gets filled. Right, we're on it in the Dundee, the new boy. Big round of applause for the mullet. How have, you, how have you found it so far, mate? You enjoying it? What, Dundee or the mullet? No, this fucking thing that you're on now. <laughs> <laughs> what a man uh, Gary Boyer how did you feel obviously he led your promotion how did you feel when you heard that he, he was gone it just batshit crazy isn't it? it Just I can imagine everyone else looking from outside thinking what the fuck's going on there but uh, we kind of saw it coming a little bit because there was rumours about it about Christmas time that uh, Boyer had lost co- contact with the higher ups that was, they weren't even speaking to each other anymore so the rumour kind of started that regardless where Dundee finish whether they go up or down that he was going to be out the door and evidently this has proved to be the case so, uh, I think their their thinking was maybe that they felt that Boyer, you know, because they won it on what sixty three points. Mm. So I think a record low. I think their thinking was that he hadn't won it convincingly enough, as weird as it might sound. But I, I think that's kind of my view of it and how the way I understand it uh, anyway. And then a bit of left field appointment with Tony Dock taking over. I've never seen that coming, did you? No, never in a million years would have seen that coming. No, but it's it's quite funny because see when you look at Dundee's record of appointing managers, they tend to go for the kind of young and up and coming. Managers, you know, like your Neil McCann, James McPake, etc. Uh, then the more experienced ones that have came in to try and steady the ship, like Jim McIntyre and Mark McGee, end up being a, an abysmal appointments in both their cases. So it's like they've kind of found a way to split in between the middle because Doherty both he's a manager of the first ever time, but yet over 350 games of experience as an assistant manager. Yep. So it's like they've managed to, like I say, find a way like right down the middle. Mm. And personally, I actually feel it's quite a low risk appointment. You think, you think it's a good appointment? I do. I think it's a really good appointment. I think it's smart. I think he's worked under a guy that's had a lot of success in Scottish football. Uh, for me, it was a no-brainer, to be he's honest. He's a great guy, Tony Docker. I've got a lot of time for him. Met him be a really good coach as well. Yep, yep I think... Yeah, definitely. Aye, definitely a loss for Killian David McInnes, but it's nice to see somebody that's been an assistant for so long take that opportunity or get being given an opportunity and I, I hope it works out well for him because like I say anybody I, I've played against a couple of St Johnson teams back in the time with, with Derek and always found him like approachable and he would always compliment you and stuff and I just think that he sounds like a good guy in football and kind of hope that he does well so How, how do Dundee fans feel about Gordon Strachan the kind of role he's got at Dundee? Has Tony Dock worked with Gordon Strachan yeah. at Scott and then it's all you put two and two together it looked yeah. like it was a Gordon Strachan appointment yeah, you think you'd be delighted because it ticks the boxes that they're hiring someone, they know how he works, they know what his mind's like, etc. But the fans, I think there's a bit of division. Some of them haven't really warmed up the Strachan since he came. I, I personally, I, I've warmed up the Strachan immediately. I think it's a great appointment for the club. And his, his role, there's a bit of a... It's not really certain what his role was, because initially it was just for the youth academy. And then there was an article about how he was going to be promoted to director of football at the end of the season we got relegated, but it was never like made official by the club. So no one still really knows what he does but just know that he was obviously behind the, the last two appointments in Boyer and Doherty Where do you sit with that with Stratton? 
I think anybody, anybody with the experience that he has sitting on your like upstairs, I think it can only be a good thing because he's been there and done it in this league. Obviously, had a great football career himself, um, and I think he obviously done well, really, really well at Celtic. So he has the experience, and he's always somebody like a kind of go-to guy for information experience, you'll know what that's like Simon, you're asking, you, 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 you're quite tell us a lot that you'll speak to older managers that you've worked with in the past for advice and stuff like that. Go See that fucking worked well eh? Aye, uh, work it, Am I not right bit. in saying though when Gordon Strachan first went and made Dundee was still doing a bit of work for, for Celtic though? I think, was that not quite a lot of what the fans were yeah. displeased about? I don't think he does that anymore. No, exactly it's and then so now like it's months or something. Aye. No, listen, I've worked under him and I've I, usually what I think him in terms of his when he was my coach, I thought he was brilliant. So, you know, it's not every board has, has a, a great knowledge of football. A lot of boards have a great knowledge of business. Yeah. So to have somebody on your board or whatever it is that has that gap between the manager to you to have an understanding. I remember when um, when Anne Budge was in at Tynecastle in her early days, she brought in Craig Levine and Craig Levine would just rock up and tell Anne Budge, we need this, we need that. And because she didn't know, basically gave Craig Levine the reign of everything. And then when they got Jim Jeffries in, he was that guy that was able to say, no, we don't need this person and we don't need that person, that role. So it's like, it's a, I think it's a good thing because sometimes these guys can pull the bull over owner's eyes. We need this X, Y and Z. When really, do you? I've actually seen Dundee live this year. I went to the Airdrie game last week. Oh, fuck's sake. Which wasn't a great result, but well, to be it wasn't a great result, but I was impressed with a couple of individuals, to be fair. Who did you, who'd you like? Cameron Lyle, I thought was really good. Uh, and I like the boy, that, the, the signed the boy that was at Queen's Park last year, the boy Boating. The, yeah, middle of the pitch. Tiffany's a good signing. Yeah, what would success look, for, look like for Dundee this season? Staying in the league, or are you looking for more? Staying in the league, because obviously it's something we've not been able to do strongly is maintain our position in the Premiership consistently. It's always you know, squad overhauls and then you know, shit hits the fan. So I think if they can just maintain their league status and then build on that, that's success, at least in the short term. Joe Sean is a good signing as well, eh? I have a lot of experience. Yeah. And of course, worked under Doherty as well. So so what's the early signs been like in the via play trophy thing that's been going on? No, great, because they never qualified, eh? I know, I know. I know. Finished second it, place with, with nine points. So had has to the performance has been good? Or? Uh, I, I missed the Airdrie game. But based on uh, Dumbarton and Inverness, it's like we play really good football in spells. But overall, obviously, it's just a bit yeah. rusty, isn't it? Because it's still kind of like a pre-season. Uh, but yeah, I think, like Andy says, there's a couple of individuals that really catch the eye. The, the, the two big two for me was Scott Tiffany and uh, we have a left-back on loan from Liverpool, yeah. Owen, Owen Beck, player. Uh, that, that got quite, um, quite a lot was made of that when he signed to say it was a great signing. I think a few Liverpool yeah. fans... He didn't yeah. play the, the yeah. Airdrie game, did he? It was a young no, boy, he, Wilkie? Yeah, it was Jack Wilkie, uh, Lee Wilkie's son that played that game because uh, Beck was injured. But yeah, you're right, because normally when an English boy comes to a Scottish team, you get the, the typical like rated very highly kind of quote and that's it. But in, in Beck's case, there's a genuine quote from Jurgen Klopp saying this boy's a super talent. Wow. So that kind of got fans like, oh, here we go then. It's a bit mm. something different, isn't it? The excited life at me, Dundee. Did they really? Aye, the boy that you had at Peter Heath. Uh, Lyle Cameron, very good player. And Josh Mulligan as aye, well. Josh Mulligan, aye. Good boys, a lot of good players, yeah. Lyle, Lyle won, um, hadn't never happened before, he won a hat-trick of Player of the Year awards at Dundee at the end of last season. Yeah, he's a great kid. A he could do well in the game. Uh, you got a question? Uh, yeah. So just as I said there, with Tony Dockery having the, his experience mainly as a coach and assistant manager prior to you know, becoming his own man, have you guys ever worked under an assistant manager or a coach where you thought at that point, ah, he's going to make it, he's going to become a manager somewhere and get going? I had one last year, I huh? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, the, the best assistant I've ever seen, he never went, Kev Andy Millen. 
Mm. He was honestly even still to this day the amount of people. Been a manager. Aye, the amount of people who speak about him, um, go to him for advice, and when he spoke at air, honestly he was out of this world. And I don't know. I've actually never asked him why he doesn't take that. Because he's. I, I was the same when I was at air with Andy Millen, and I was at the. That was my last club. I just sit there and wonder why is this guy never been a manager because he's so well respected by everybody that a ever comes guy. and he's training. Isn't he of the profile the way Andy Millen rants and raves on the touchline in dress rooms? Because the guy's a fucking lunatic, I swear to God. But his training's like, I would say it's quite technical. It's quite fast-paced. It's short, sharp stuff. It's no anything I thought I would expect from Andy Millen. But it was like, I was like, oh God. I, th- I honestly said that I've ever got an opportunity in football, like coaching-wise or, or a manager's role somewhere, when I gave it a long time ago and I thought about this, but... That's somebody I would go to to say, would you help me? And I think that's been shown in Andy Millen's career that Dougie Emery's took him at Morton and there's other people took him here there because they've been so in awe by him. Obviously, it was Gus McPherson. He's with Gus for years. So, again, I would agree with Slaney. Andy Millen's probably one of the best assistants that I've ever seen. And best guys What about Mark Venus with Tony Mowbray? I know. Tony Mowbray would be speaking and Mark Venus behind him just shaking his head, disagreeing with everything that he said. Good that we're on this because we'll uh, move on to Kilmarnock. Uh, is that a worry that Derek McInnes has lost his trusted lieutenant? Uh, in a sense, but he's obviously promoted uh, from within with, with Paul Sheeran, who's you know just as trusted. And yeah. He was just as important a cog in that operation. And uh, obviously Alan Archibald is coming in. He's a, a first-team coach now, so he's been replaced quite well, I think, but uh, it will be see, strange seeing McInnes without Dockery. Yeah. Sure. Have you got the same aspirations as the boys, top six? Does <laughs> <laughs> that worry you that three dafties like us think Kamala will do well? Aye, aye. Uh, no, uh, it's good to be confident, but I don't think McInnes, etc., would thank you for you know Kelly being tipped to get top six. I think the, the fans would agree maybe in the sense that a nice 8th place, comfortable finish, don't worry about relegation. You, you'd bite your hand off for that after last season. You've been impressed with the recruitment, haven't you? Oh my God, unbelievable. 6th place is nailed on for me. Right. Stu Finlay, outstanding. Right, Matty Kennedy, out wide. Um, Ali Watkins, Kel uh, McGuinness yeah, yeah. for Hibs, which I was surprised that... Yeah, they are good signs, yeah. It's brilliant. And then you've got, obviously, Dale Edge, who's just... I think top manager see now that they're in the league Jink Dello I think it was kind of just surviving last year do you think you would see maybe a more attacking brand of football with the signings that he's made uh, potentially I think the big thing was as everybody knows last season we pretty much had the team for the championship because yeah. a lot of the guys were signed in two year deals so similar to maybe to Lee Johnston it's McInnes's team this season yeah. so I think you can fully judge him for now um, in terms of attacking I, I don't know possibly because the likes of Kennedy comes in to compliment Armstrong on the other side yeah. You know, you've got the two outlets either side and Vassell will be kind of leading the line up front and you'll have the likes of Marley Watkins coming in and potentially off the bench or playing behind Vassell, so potentially. Yeah. Excited uh, life at me. Excited life at you. So you're, you're going top six? I think six. Yours as well? They're my dark horse, whether that means top six or a seventh. I would like to see them be, I'd like to see, see them have a more comfortable season. Um, Aye, I think that's what the fans would yeah. be happy with, you know, I maybe be in the mix looking to get top six, but if they just miss out, but there's no um, relegation. Is Big Ash Taylor still staying? 
No, he's away to Bradford. Right, so I was thinking, Ash Taylor leaving, you lose that threat from set pieces, corners, and free kicks and stuff. But by Finley. bringing in Stu Finley, I would argue. Big boy, who's a big boy from Inverness? You, this Robbie Dees. Robbie Dees. Stu's already scored a couple of goals already in the, the league, hasn't he? Aye, he scored on Saturday yeah, there, and he scored against Wraith. So aye, he so. was like that, and he's well, this is his fourth spell at Kelly, but aye. one of the other ones, you know, he scored a, a late winner against Celtic and a late winner at Tynecastle. So he he is there for the big moments, a bit like Taylor was last season. So you got a question, big man. Uh, one of the guys have kind of touched on it. I think it was it was Adam at Hearts. You know, Kelly. They've posted that, that there was no losses for cutting the old firm allocation. Do you think that would inspire other teams to potentially follow suit and see that it isn't all doom and gloom if you do kind of prioritise your own? There's Ticketmaster over there. On you go, mate. So, Kamarnik. What? We, wait, explain that to me again quickly. I get my head. So obviously, right Celtic and Rangers used to I get both stands both behind stands. the goals. Now it's just one. But you know, I just like always to, think that. By giving Celtic and Rangers like two, three stands, you're not making that a home game anymore. You're making that their home game because they've got the majority of noise, the majority of fans, and 99% out of 100, Celtic and Rangers will probably take points off these teams in their home grounds. But if you try and make it more difficult for them, maybe grab that early goal. And if you've got a pack three stands to their one and get the noise, how, how would the Celtic players feel like that? Because it, they, they've never really experienced that unless they go to... Aberdeen or Hearts or Celtic or uh, to Celtic to a point because they have the majority. But whereas with Kamarnik and St Mirren obviously cut it as well, but Levy, Levy's notorious, it's like it's green and white everywhere. I don't even know if there's any Levy fans go to the games. Well, we're <laughs> <laughs> you go, but I think it would be positive. If you if if it's not going to cost you anything or lose anything then I would like to see more Kamarnik fans in than Celtic. I think a big thing is it's the goodwill of the fans, you know, yep. since then season tickets have been up, merch sales have been yes. up, everything, there's just so much goodwill about the club, you know. I, if you, if, it's like Aberdeen with Alan Burroughs explaining things. If you, as a Kamarnik football club, explain why you're doing it, but you may need a wee bit of help in other avenues of the of the club to bring in revenue. Fans will jump onto that to help it. Aye, I think Bowie came out and said that at the time. You know, it's a big decision, a big call, but he did kind of call on the fans. Yes. Like if we sell X amount of season tickets and sell X amount of strips, yep. it'll work out, and, and it has over the kind of last five years. I would agree with that. As a player, though, would you not rather have a full stadium, regardless nah. of who it is, to kind of boost your... Nah, no, you go and nah. Nah, absolutely. I would. Uh, I would. He's big, I wouldn't want a half... Uh, a half full stadium but if it meant that Kilmarnock got more fans in the door more home fans in the door brilliant see, see on that Andy like a half go into like a so say you're playing with Kilmarnock here say and there's three stands of Celtic fans and you're playing with Kilmarnock with one stand of Celtic Kilmarnock fans you're 4-0 down you're enjoying that well, Celtic fans singing or... enjoying it if you're four down in the oh, streets. Kelly, man. Wait, no, can I just say Kelly cut the allocation and they were five down after half an hour this year? I know, but I just think they've got to have more of their own fans to give themselves more of a chance. No, but if, that's what I mean. If, if it meant that Kelly got an extra 5,000 home support, brilliant. But if it mean, if it still leads to the, the old firm getting one stand and you've got half a capacity stadium, you might not cut allocations, but you're still technically losing out money because you might have got a couple more thousand, but if you've then cut 4,000 old firm... It's still, you balanced it, but it's still no. Do, do you know what I'm saying? It's the money still, against the optics of it, though. Because if yes. you have four stands and you sell three to Celtic Rangers, that is a home game then for them. Uh, Whereas, three, three stands is a bit much. That's that is the Levy Classic, isn't it? But it does. I mean, thanks to that as well. Well, we're taking for, what four and a half. <laughs> so I've been. We are a really, really good away support. I think we are brilliant. But 
I have been to games where we've the clubs have sold us so many. Livy will be like this on Saturday as a home game, and it. I think it does help. At one point, when we got our teams, our away record was brilliant, and I can kind of see it. There was a headline about us that's been really badly reported to make it sound like we're doing this and we're not. What we're doing for games like County, Livy, St Mirren instead of having it empty because they'll sell a couple of hundred, especially if it's like a Wednesday night, we're going to take the fence down and sell more to our home fans. We're not cutting anything else. But I think if I was a Lively fan, I would probably rather have our stadium half empty and less cash. Then you're playing Rangers when Davey's actually standing with a Rangers scarf on it. (laughs) (laughs) uh, From our point of view, like last season and seasons before, Celtic and Rangers fans were even in the home end. And it was... It was getting a bit ridiculous. The club did take a stance that it was only home fans that would be in the home stand, which is, you know, a start. But for us to go and shut two stands and offer Celtic a Rangers one, for us, where finances, you know, Davies mentioned something about the budget before. Uh, it's just nonsensical because the reality is we don't have five, six thousand fans that are waiting to get in. So for us, it's a business decision. You look at Kilmarnock, obviously it's worked out in their favour. I think St Mirren as well, their average attendance for the season was up, having only given the old firm one stand. So, But the difference is they've got the supports to kind of back up, potentially making that decision, whilst we just don't. Aye, Livy can't afford to do it because of the finances they're operating with. Mm. Right, we're on the main man. Bogsy boy. Van Veen, he's away. How gutted are you, mate? And how damaging it could it be this season? Well... I was gutted, but like if you'd asked me before, like I'd have happily had him for the remainder of his contract because I think what we got for him is not equating to 29 goals. The value for a, a club the size of Motherwell, 29 goals from one player, is absolutely monumental. And to have only got between 500 and 700,000 for him, it's for, for me, I was like, oh, just keep him. But... When you see Groningen were reportedly uh, giving him ten grand a week for for his troubles, you know you, you can't just stand in the way of that. That's life changing money for him. I was a bit surprised they went there. Is that no the second division? Is that the second division? Yeah, they've just been relegated from the Eredivisie. So um, with their parachute payment uh, from the top division, I That's think. I think they're going to be going all out to get promoted again. I think we talked about that in one of the forums last year about what could a Scottish club achieve for somebody that's and obviously the age of Van Veen his background in terms of what he did before he came to Motherwell I think what you got was very good and it kind of just shows the finances of Scottish football when you have when Motherwell has to accept 500 to 700,000 for a 29, 29 goal a season striker it's like it's desperate times really when you think about it like 500 grand you would think a club of that size could manage without that but clearly they can't. So, yeah. Max Johnson's another massive Max loss. Away. That, that was a very poor decision by the club uh, to not even extend his contract before his loan to Cove Rangers last season. Because, like, I mean, same happened with Jake Hasty. Uh, players on their last last year of their deals have gone out on loan for six months to be ready for the first team, and then they've played out their skin for the, the second half of the season, and then we've let them go on just the development fee and it's it's nowhere near good enough and you know you see a lot of clubs down south uh, offering like four or five year deals to players who are young and going going out on loan and getting experience coming back and being ready for the first team like say Mason Mount who's now at Man United obviously but on, at our level we should be you know I, I think we should be taking more risks on youth because you know 
you look at how good the Scotland team is now, like you, you should be developing players to actually be ready to be in the national team for five years' time. They've worked their magic on young Lennon Miller. He's looked at him. Oh, so yeah, sensational. Uh, he's like new David Turnbull, if you want me to say that. But um, like the the way he plays, like he he just swaggers about the park. Yes, we've been playing Elgin City and Queen of the South over the last few weeks, but like he's genuinely looked like the best player in the park three out of four games. Think he'll start a season midfield. I would play him. Yeah, like he's not put a foot wrong yet. So why not? I mean, if you're if you're good enough, you're old enough. The manager doesn't sound happy with the recruitment, Googs, yeah? I've, heard, I've seen a couple of interviews. I, I don't think anyone's happy at Motherwell with the recruitment. I mean, I've, I've got here, we've, we're into the double figures for uh, players that have gone out and then we've brought in only five. Uh, I mean, we've got Obika and Wilkinson, who are both forwards who are very similar in terms of style. Pap Suare, who's got World Cup experience and played in an FA Cup final five years ago. Uh, Davos Dravkovsky oh, um, from uh, Cyprus, we've got him in, uh, and Dan Casey re-signed. So, like... Um, uh, it's been slow, but I think it's been the same for quite a few of us in terms of recruitment, and it just shows the how hard it is. In how hard it is. I think the quality of our of our league outside the top fives kind of dwindling. Actually, on Norwich recruitment, you'll probably be able to tell us a bit more related to it, Simon. The budget and market that um, I'll, I'll not be able to tell you. Just, <laughs> just listen. the The budget and market that Motherwell's in, along with the other clubs similar to Motherwell. Is it like, like obviously East Kilbride, you're obviously assistant there. You're all trying to get the same types yeah, of players right. for the same types of money. Yeah. And it's difficult because do I move from here to there for no much more than what I'm getting and it's going to cost me more money to move there? It's like, it's. I think it's a difficult market that Motherwell's in because how do you attract people to far part to say like, English League 2, because I would imagine that's some of the level, or maybe some from League 1. Yeah. How do you get them to move from England to Scotland to, to, to change their like, living habits and stuff to come to Scotland for no much more money? It's not as if you're saying, come to Motherwell, we'll, give, we'll double your salary. It's just not going to happen. Right, sometimes it's less money as well. Like, we've, we've sold players a dream of, we, we've got the platform of going to the old firm maybe three times a season, and you, you can play there... Uh, and if we if you play well, you'll potentially get a move to another bigger club and say. Is there a, is there a rule on like a loan market league, like in terms of how many loans you can have? Is it better for Motherwells and stuff to to try and bring in a vast variety of loan players? Because like you think of all the big clubs in England, how many players they have on their books? Surely the loan market must be a better option, no? I, I think so. I, I think uh, well, we've been linked with a, a move for a, a young boy from Arsenal. Uh, as well as quite a few other forwards in, in the last few days. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's the best thing we can do, really, because, I mean, s- we, we can't really spend money because we're not... Even though we brought in nearly a million for Van Veen and Johnson, uh, like, most of that we're not going to actually see again. Yep. Surprised Motherwell never went for the types like Kyle Turner that went to Ross County. He was at Thistle last year. Yep. thought that would be a no-brainer. But, but, Tiffany, who went yeah. to Dundee... Another one that Motherwell. I was saying we should have seen the likes of Kyle Turner when he was at Dunfermline because yeah. I've seen him because I, I used to live in Fife. I saw Dunfermline a few times, and like he looked like one of their best players. Mm. And genuinely, we we are missing out on quite a few good prospects because we just don't look low down enough. See, when it comes to the loan market, though, 
you quite often find it is the end of the transfer window that loan signings end yeah. up happening because yeah. you are trying to get the sort of permanent fix, uh, permanent transfers first. So I think Motherwell, along with, with, with us at Hearts, I think will be two of the busier clubs towards the end yeah, of the transfer I, I, window. I believe so. I'm really worried about Martindale this year. Yeah. In Livingston, I'm a, I mean, Nicky leaving. You know, I don't know what you think, mate, but the way the run went at the end of last season, you'd think they'll need to recruit well. That's just not happened at all, is it? I just wanted the season to be over. Uh, from February onwards, we just yeah. fell off a cliff. You know, we were sitting fourth at the end of January, and ever since the cup defeat to Inverness, just it, it was dire. I think it was eight away defeats on the bounce, no goals scored. You know, as I say, you just wanted to get an end to the season. And look, at the end of the day, finishing eighth last year is a is a good season. Like, but I think it's just the manner in which it happened. So, you know, we were coming into this season, and I think I think everyone has probably the idea that this is going to be our first struggle this year. And I think that's part of the reason why Davey's talking about the budget as much as he is. Because I think he's almost trying to... Last year I came on here and said I think he overhyped us a little bit. And he put the media pressure on us like, oh, they're certainly for top six. They're cert- oh, they're challenging for Europe. Whereas this year I think he's going the opposite way. And I think he's trying to keep the expectation levels down. And to be honest, I think that's probably the right thing to do because... We don't have a lot of fans, but some of them are bampots, and uh, think we should be think we should be pushing for a lot higher than we than we real. The reality is that we should be kind of looking to just stay in the league each season. But is this the first year you've thought seriously you, you could go down? I think I think it's the first year we're going to be in a scrap. I I think we'll have enough to stay up. I was I was chatting to David today for our podcast, and I think the point he was making is we were we were too soft last year, and I mean I think any of you guys who who watch us or listen, you know any media stuff it's all about Livy have been really hard to beat it's always really difficult going to Livy it wasn't last year we were a soft touch set plays the big thing about us being great at set plays for the last three or four seasons we've been one of the worst teams in the league so Davies obviously wanting to make a change of that he's going to a back three brought in Mikey Devlin which on paper if you can get him on the pitch would be a really good signing it wasn't that long ago that Steve Clark had him in Scotland squads so if we can get him fit I think he'll make a difference he's been appointed captain already so Obviously, David thinks very highly of him for the season. But, yeah, we've kept the vast majority of the squad we've had the last two years, and that's a team that's finished 7th and 8th last two seasons. So it's not... Yes, we might have not had a lot of players maybe coming in, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Eh? You, you talk about each club having that bit of luck. I think Livy's bit of luck is keeping Joel Nobly fit that. because, you know, that, that run for February missed quite a lot of... I, I quit, missed quite a lot of games, sorry. And I think he's massive tease. I really do. I think he's that different dimension you talk about set pieces as well defensively offensively he's a big threat for that as well and I think keeping him fit is going to be a is, is Bruce and obviously Bruce Anderson's still there there was talks of him leaving when yeah there was there was, was an offer from still get many strikers now, so. aye, we've, we've got Bruce and then Curtis Guthrie's essentially the backup really but Bruce was linked with a club in Georgia we accepted an offer I believe around about a couple hundred thousand but I mean, a boy for Bant living in Georgia. He's, he's not moving there. So he's got a year left on his deal. If he scores double figures this year, he's getting a much better move than that. So, But with noobs, you could say it about the entire squad last year, second half of last season. I don't think he was as good as maybe people made out. And that's probably part of the reason he's still here and nobody's came in for him. So again, he's 28. He's got a year. He's not got that massive kind of resale value for a club. So... Yeah, I think if we keep all those players, if we keep Nubley, if we keep Anderson, you know, I think we'll have enough to stay up this year. But I do think it's going to be a lot tighter for us. 
You and have you got a question for the panel? Yeah, obviously Davey's made a, a big big point about the budget. See for you guys if you if Livingston were coming in for you, for example, and Davey's been saying, I can't afford this, I can't afford that, are you guys even interested in speaking to the club if you're hearing the finances are that tight in terms of wage back? Ah, you've got to go and ask the question. Yeah. Got to come in, listen to what he's got to offer you and then say what you and usually nine times out of ten, if you're not too far apart you can make a deal, but is Davey really realistically trying to get players in on 500 to 800 quid a week? Is that what he's trying to do? Because I don't think that's going to work. I think kind of standard wage is probably, I'd say, a grand. Aye. I think on, Aye. on the A few players on higher than that. Nobody's in that, they'll be, they'll be higher. But I think there might be some good talent in the Scottish leagues that they're maybe ignoring lower down that Davey could have taken. See, the problem The problem with that is clubs say like Ross County getting the boy Kyle Turner. I wouldn't be surprised if we maybe looked at that. But the thing is, all these clubs can offer a much better high. wage packet than we can. We were in for Robbie Dees. I think he'd been in the building twice to speak to Davey. Thought he had him wrapped up and Kilmarnock could probably absolutely trumped us in terms of a wage packet for him. So, yes, there's probably, we have looked to try and get guys from the Scottish leagues, but our, our shopping markets like National League down south and... You know, yeah. It's a tough that's, job, that's isn't it? Yeah, it's you're working that small. We got a wee insight if he Derek McInnes last year. We had him on the podcast just as the season was starting. He says three players that he went to try and sign, but Hibs, Hearts, and Aberdeen want the same three players, and they're offering him double the money that he can offer them. That's just the, that's the problem you get managing these clubs. You need to try and find hidden gems or look at the lower market, but it's really tough. See, a question for you too, right? So obviously with the Broomhill. Uh, in the league last year with the low and league and you've seen sort of low and west of Premier do you think there is talent in the leagues that could make a step up to a club at Levy? I think there are I, I was with full time training obviously it was a lot better than I can imagine it before we went in um, there were a lot of good players but to go to like the top league I probably don't think so for, for that low but I think sort of championship maybe league one um, there is a lot of good players aye mm. that, again I, I'd agree I think it's a big jump I think even thinking for the team that I took last year, my Peterhead team, um, the difference would be quite substantial. I do th- look at the Peterhead team and think there was players that could have played in the SPL. You know, we had guys like Scott Brown, who's now the captain of Wraith, Grant Savory, who's the best player at Queen's Park last year. I thought there and then, at League One level, they could go and make the step up to yep. the Premier League. But like you said, maybe that is where Livy, I mean, I've never seen a, Liv- a Livy scout at a Peterhead game. You know, and y- but you never know. You might find a hidden gem. Like I say, Scott Brown, Grant Savory, have these. That's because Davies the scout. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think League One upwards. I think there is talent that could go and play in the SPL. I look at Harry Milne, who was at Cove last year. He was Patrick Thistle's best player. Well, you know there is talent. There I think a, a good example play. of the West in in the Lowland is a boy Josh Fowler, who was a top scorer. Ross oh. Stewart. Ross Stewart's unknown. But Josh Fowler, he was in trial at Motherwell and Kelly yeah, this um, season, and I think level just Guinness, a bit much. Just no, I, he's good, but maybe just no quite, and then he's obviously moved to Dubai now. So, Motherwell yeah. had a boy in it pre-season, no? It was, yeah, it, that was him. Was it, was it him? Aye, Fowler. He, he went to Belfast with Kelly as well after Motherwell, and Dennis yeah, was saying it, good, but just no. Yeah, I think right, the jump's uh, too no big for that. Yeah. No, actually, we'd offered them, we'd offered money for him, I think, uh, but uh, Beath Juniors were wanting a bit more, and we decided it wasn't worth it. And now he's sensationally got a move to Dubai, I think. Aye, aye. So what, Levy, right choice, what, Levy, uh, what Levy can't offer in finance, they can offer an opportunity. Mm. Uh-huh. So there's two ways looking at it. It's like the, the, you think of some of the 
like the lower leagues in Scotland, but also the lower, the lower leagues in England. And if we talk about the lower league in England, even like like the Northern Conference and things like that, like there's good players in there that might think if I go to Levy and put myself in the shop window, I might end up at a Hibs, a Hearts, or a Kamarnock, or somewhere like that, or an English Championship. Or go back down the road. Levy can offer opportunity rather than sometimes finance, but it's like. You've got to then look at the, the, the scenario in Livingston. Who is their scout network? What is their scout network? How do they recruit? Is it Davy just doing it all himself by the computer, the login, you put in the start and see what it comes up with and then you go for it? You talk about giving that opportunity and a, a platform. We signed boy Michael Nottingham, uh, who was at Accrington Stanley, but kind of listening to him when he signed, he was talking about Davy was selling the opportunity to play in you know stadiums where there's 20,000, 50,000, for example, with the old farm. And he saw it as a great opportunity to come up here and and playing that sort of environment, he only turned pro when he was 29. Yep. So he's looking at it, he's trying to make the most of his career whilst whilst he can, and you know he saw it as a, a great opportunity to come up yep. here and play in that sort of environment where he's played you know League 1, League 2 most of his career, or non-league in particular down south. So that there is that kind of selling point for us, but it, it is so difficult. Like The amount of trialists Davies had in over the summer, and, I mean, watching a couple of them in pre-season, I mean, <laughs> you don't want to see them again. But... That's just the that's just the reality of being yeah. at Livingston. You're going to have thirty odd boys coming in on trial, and you just kind of hope you get maybe a Nubly, for example, who you know kind of breaks the mould. Right, a team that's off to an absolute flyer, St Johnston. <laughs> Must be delighted with how three seasons <laughs> went, big man. Fuck's sake, here we go. <laughs> uh, how, how bad has it actually been? Really so, bad. see, for, Saturday is that the worst it's been on four 0 Was it a weakened team, or it's not the team that's going to start this Saturday? No, they are. They rested a couple of guys, but it's the worst performance. That like Stirling were good for it for the four 0 That's the worst thing, and the worrying thing about it is. After losing to Air midweek, Steve McLean said, "I oh, will get a re- reaction out of the players," and there wasn't one. Because it's not a Steve McLean kind of team. Like you've, you've must have played against Steve McLean. He's an absolute pest and a menace yeah. and an animal and dirty. And that's how I thought he'd maybe set up his team just to be do the dirty stuff. But it was weak. It was timid. It was heads are down. Well, we had a squad of forty-two guys last year. We've lost seventeen of them and brought in two. Our bench on Saturday had sixteen-year-olds all over the place. Not any registered first-team players in there, so we're short massively. Robbie Dees, Kyle Turner, both their dads played for Saints, so they were. Well, we looked like to be absolute stick-ons for, for sign-ins. Matty Kennedy went to Kilmarnock for an extra grand, I believe, on what we offered them. Um, but the good positive, steak and treats will pie at the weekend. <laughs> to goodness. It is a cracker, in fairness. He just bought a season ticket. Kelly was a renowned. They deviate between a... Uh, a steak and treats or a steak and haggis every week so it's uh, you, can you only see one outcome this season yeah um, and well you are saying earlier on that uh, Motherwell and Hearts will be doing a lot of work in the transfer market I think Saints now I think that's going to get pushed on a bit now uh, McLean's coming out and saying all the right things he doesn't want to bring in quantity he's looking for quality we've brought in a decent Bulgarian goalkeeper who looks pretty sharp Um but unless we start getting bodies in and getting them in pretty quickly, it's going to be a very, very long season. I think they, they go down a day. A bit harsh, but a day. Don't have a lot of hope for them. I don't think Steve McLean will still get sacked, though, to be fair. We're not, don't we're, think he'll get nah, sacked? Nah, I don't think he'll go. Even if he go down, I don't think so. Cause, you don't know. Nah, um, it's, not, I mean, it's weird that, though, because no long ago you were winning trophies. Well, we're talking about European games. We put Rosenberg out of Europe like a couple of years ago one all draw with Galatasaray away so it's not as if we're 
That's mad, isn't it? Cup doubles the lot, and like for I think for the younger guys, they've been absolutely spoiled over the last fifteen years in the top flight because that's all they know. They don't know any different. But um, why do you Sam? Know we actually back? played. Sorry, Slaney. No, no, you go. We actually played St Johnson. Remember, I spoke to you after the game. We actually played St Johnson. I closed off friendly towards the end of the season. That I phoned you. I don't know if you remember saying they had a couple of young players that I was really impressed with. One of them was at East Fife. Mm. One of them was on North Alex East. Ferguson. Alex Ferguson. Yeah. That's Alex Ferguson. Right, yeah. I, and there was another couple. But do you see a lot of more sort of development players getting a chance this, this season at St I th- Johnson? I think they're going to have to, um, which is a bonus to them. I think Callum was a bit scared to play the youngsters. The uh, young guy, young Ukrainian guy, Max Kucharavi. Yeah, he's been on loan a couple of times. He's yeah, done he was on loan at Falkirk. And, uh, a couple of my Falkirk supporting pals were like, please send him back. He was absolutely superb for mm. the short time he was with him. He's had his opportunity this year. And I'd say Alex Ferguson, both of them have had uh, a wee run of the games, but we need experience in there. Um, Andrew Constein, Ryan McGowan, we really need to turn to these guys to... Like run the dressing room and get the get the young guys going. And but I should only hope the fact that possibly Livy are talking about having a struggle. Dundee coming up maybe that's it. Struggle. Aye, so that's probably a hope that just hope they're shitter than us. There's, three that's <laughs> there's going to be like three <laughs> leagues within one league. You've got the two top two fighting it. Out. You've got the next bunch fighting it for European place. And then we've got the three or four teams fighting off relegation. Yeah, that's it. If we could survive, I would, I would genuinely take eleventh now and. Cross my fingers in a two match yeah. shoot out against a champion. It's hard to think I said Johnson like talking at this because they've been stalwarts of the Premier League for, for however long they've been in there. Fifteen years they've now. Never, they've never looked like ever being relegated apart from obviously last season my poor but We all said at the time that um we would have taken relegation. We yeah. said that at the time, but now no, get the fuck now. That's that's over and done. We don't <laughs> want to get relegated. No. amazing, but then if suddenly next season you're struggling find the, I mean you st- what, you win the playoffs, you're not Cali. Uh, we beat Cali in the yeah. playoffs uh, so yeah, two years ago. I, just I thought he would go up before he did. And I thought you would have been a bit more sensible with your appointment. I think moving forward, talking about um, Netflix documentary, Saints are actually up for sale, so that would be an ideal opportunity to get <laughs> Ryan Reynolds <laughs> in uh-huh. for a well, That's it. Have you got a question for the panel? Um, who's replacing us um, from the championship next year? Is it Dundee United a, a <laughs> foregone conclusion or is it a free-for-all? I, I think Ayr are going to have a good I chance at it. I think mm. Ayr's, I think looking at some of the results, they've won that group quite comfortably. Lost their um, strikers, weren't they? Mm. A little bit. He was the best of what they're signing. They've obviously signed Jimmy Murphy, they signed McGee. I think they've probably got money to sign a striker. Mm. I know it's probably one of the most difficult things to get when you're, but I think the potential they could go and get somebody. Who that will be, I don't know, but they've no got a striker and they've already beat two I'll go so far. Fissel's lost a few as well. I know, I, I really wish that Fissel kept their players because I enjoyed watching them in the playoffs. Um, I st- no, I don't think Dundee United will go up. I think, I think they've signed well. I think Dunfermline will be there or thereabouts. Yeah, they get, I agree they, with they're that. They're linked with David Wotherspoon as well, so if they get him, that would be a massive coup. Yeah. I think Airdrie will be a surprise package. Yeah. I think He's they'll be entertaining it. to watch this season. I'll be different to say Queen's Park. They came to Far Park and absolutely dominated us like over the 90 minutes and were unlucky not to win. They've Queen's got a Dutch Park. manager now, haven't they? Yeah. It'll be interesting because yeah. the Dutch guys now took over. So I, They played total football at Far Park and I'd right. never seen anything like it. I still think Ross County could go down as well. Eh? You're the man. I think Ross County straight down St. Johnson down in the playoffs. Yeah. He's only said that because the Ross County fans are not here. <laughs> 
Ross Kenny or Stephen Miranda? I came down on a podcast in the season when Stephen on the last podcast and they got absolutely abused for Ross County fans. Honestly, mate. Uh-huh. What I found interesting about Ross County is, well, it's great because he's not here. I can slag them off to fuck. Um, <laughs> big Uncle Roy in charge who came out and said um, clubs should live within their means and not spend too much money to try and stay in the league. And he's absolutely spunked. Uh, he's spent Kaiser a fortune. The pies are very nice though, and it, the so. Should they have pie review channel? <laughs> <laughs> Another question every, for the panel. What's pie? your favourite pie? So, no, I think that should be Rush, I've never heard Ross County pies being t- Kelly pie. It was always Kelly pies that everyone pie, loved, wasn't it? Surely Kev's the man to talk about this, the, the Scran in Scottish football. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Scran with football. That sounds elite by the way, I'll hear that. Is it? Surely Black Rooster at Rangers. I went to a baseball game in Toronto and it was a hot dog with um, pulled pork on it and it was dipped into gravy. Oh wow! I was honestly, I was, that was about four years ago, and I'll still talk about it every single day of my life. I'm fucking starving. There was a guy. <laughs> I'm starving. Shop. There was a guy got the Rangers games, and every week he'd sneak in a different thing, man. He think he got he got a KFC, a Munchie box. Like, I don't know where he was putting it. <laughs> Paul Cardis on it. Aye, full. What on a plate? I was like sneaking it every week. Something different. He had. <laughs> seen it on Twitter, but it was cool. Right, team, it's been a pleasure. He's been brilliant again. Big round of applause oh, for everyone. Thank much, Thanks for coming again. Thank you. Tremendous. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.